welcome, welcome, welcome to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark, and unfortunately, I'll be flying solo this week. We had Mr. Brown with a very important you know, anniversary with the missus, so he had to be with Mrs. Brown this week. And Canadian Biggie decided to hop on a flight and go down to Arizona where he went to a wedding. And as far as I know, he might have hooked up with some bridesmaids down there, so we're looking forward to some exciting stories whenever they come back into the, the fray next week. But with that being said, it's time for me to at least take you through something that we, we're just going to say the week that was. So welcome to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast, and this is The Week That Was. Let the madness begin. All right, everybody, travel back with me as we look at a few very interesting things that happened this week over the years. First of all, we want to go back to 1982 and talk about Ricky Henderson, who stole 50 bases. That's right, 50 bases on the season by June 1st. So the milestone we're talking about back in 82 is he just got to 50 stolen bases if you want to put that in perspective, the league leader in stolen bases last year was 45. Ricky Henderson went on to steal 3,000 bases that year. I don't know, it was something ridiculous. But anyway, shout out to Ricky Henderson. They don't make him like Ricky anymore. In 1967, the NHL awarded four expansion franchises on this week. One was the Oakland Seals. I have heard of all kinds of different teams in NHL history, but for whatever reason, I was today's years old when I discovered that the Oakland Seals were a thing. I apparently need to learn more hockey. This week, also in 1994, saw Andre Rosen and Lisa Lefty Lopez from the group TLC suffer a, a breakup, unfortunately. So basically what took place, if you remember this story, Lefty decided to retaliate against Andre Rosen for some alleged domestic abuse. She took some shoes, put in the bathtub, lit that thing on fire. Next thing you know, the mansion essentially burnt to the ground. I can't imagine they weren't able to work it out after that. But anyway, that happened back in 1994. The MLB draft took place this week, and Adley Ruchman, spelling pronunciation, who knows if I got that right, was drafted number one overall by the Baltimore Orioles. He is a catcher out of Oregon State. So once the draft commenced, guess what happened? Dallas Keuchel signed with the Braves for a one-year $13 million deal. The Yankees had an 11 to $12 million offer on the table but never came off of it. So congratulations, Atlanta fans out there. You're now the proud owner of a brand-new starting pitcher. Additionally, the Cubbies ended up picking up Craig Kimbrell for a three-year $45 million deal. I was very surprised he got a multi-year deal after sitting out all this time. And I know Dallas Keiko at least came out and, and talked about how the negotiations were really the fault for him not being with the team at the beginning of the season. But the draft came and gone, and the attachment to those players came and gone with it. So they are now on teams. Again, Kimbrell is now a proud member of the Cubbies, and Dallas Keiko is down doing the Tomahawk job. On Monday, the St. Louis Blues won 4-2 at home to tie the series at 2-all. And then Thursday, they stole one up in Boston with a 2-1 victory, taking a commanding 3-2 series lead. If you've listened to this show in the past, you're going to know that our resident hockey expert, the Bonehammer, has picked the Bruins. And every pick that he has done so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs has been an absolute failure. So myself, Mr. Brown, 
Canadian Biggie, we all went and put money on the St. Louis Blues because, you know what, if Bonehammer picked the Bruins, which he did, and it's looking like it's going to come fruition once again that he's going to be wrong, St. Louis Blues. They're playing right now. I'm not sure what the score is, but by this is up tomorrow, you'll probably know if we're going to get a Game 7 or not. But go Blues. Jumping back into the world of Major League Baseball, Mitch Haniger of the Seattle Mariners had one of the worst possible injuries you will ever hear about, a ruptured testicle. He apparently fouled a ball, bounced off the ground, came up, hit him right in the family jewels, and the Mariners promptly put him on the 10-day injured list. I don't know how that's 10 days. I don't know how it's 30 days. I'm telling you right now with a ruptured testicle, I think the... He needs to get a second opinion. That's all I can say. Ten days, I don't think that is nearly enough. We wish him a speedy recovery. The NBA Finals have gotten a whole lot more interesting, and we're going to get to that as our top story of the week later. But last but not least in the week that was, the WWE once again went to Saudi Arabia, where the main event saw two over 50-year-olds have a match. And guess what? It was garbage. I love Undertaker, Goldberg, I don't care so much about. But if you want to see a true train wreck of a professional wrestling performance, I'm sure you can find it online. It was not pretty, and they both almost killed each other. So congratulations, WWE. I'm sure the Saudi fans enjoyed it, and you made a lot of money off of it. But try not to kill the old man. Get some young guys and put in the ring. This is ridiculous. But anyway, that was the week that was. Very quickly before we get into our social media rewind for the week, I wanted to take a minute and talk about Muhammad Ali. Canadian Biggie posted this week on our on our pages for social media that it was three years ago this week, this past week, that Muhammad Ali has passed away. So whether you knew him as Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, to most people, he was simply just known as the greatest. I mean, think about how awesome you are when your nickname is the greatest. He passed away three years ago, like I said, but his legacy, however, continues to live on and probably will forever, regardless how you may feel about Muhammad Ali the man. Ali defeated Sonny Liston in 1964 at 22 years old to win his first ever heavyweight championship. In 1966, Ali was sentenced to serve five years in prison and was barred from competing in boxing for three years for draft evasion. I think most people know that story. He did appeal to the Supreme Court, which overturned the ruling, but that was in 1971 after he had already served at least four years. He would end up returning to the ring and eventually reclaiming the heavyweight title, and he would end up boxing all the way up until 1981. Overall, Ali fought professionally 61 times, winning 56 bouts, 37 via knockout. Over the course of his career, however, he absorbed over 200,000 hits, while in the ring. Ali's later years were tough for many to watch because the once legendary athlete began to struggle and showed the effects from dealing with Parkinson's disease. Never deterred, Ali always stayed active. I mean, there's stories of him talking a man off a ledge uh, that was suicidal on top of a building in Los Angeles. He met with Saddam Hussein to help release U.S. hostages. He, you know, aided the Rwandan genocide victims Goodwill missions to Afghanistan. He ended up carrying the Olympic torch in poor health in 1996 and countless other events. Ali passed away at the age of 74. His memorial services were viewed by over a billion people. 
pallbearers for his funeral were Will Smith, who played him in the biopic, Mike Tyson, and Lennox Lewis. There may have not been ever an athlete whose impact was felt worldwide the way Ali was. He truly was the people's champ and a citizen of the world and definitely a man who stood by his convictions. For those who don't know, or if you'd like to hear more about the story, the one thing I can tell you, you can watch movies and things like that, but I do recommend the book, The Life and Times of Muhammad Ali by Thomas Hauser. If you read that, I'm telling you, it probably covers every single thing possible that you would want to know about the life of Muhammad Ali up until the year about 2002 or 2003, I think, when that book came out. But anyway, remember the greatest Muhammad Ali who passed away three years ago this past week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, very quickly, we will do our social media rewind. Biggest topics that we had interactions with over the past week on social media. Number one, baseball records to never be broken. Mr. Brown put this up. He had Ricky Henderson's 130 stolen bases in a single year. Cy Young's 511 wins. Cal Ripken's 2,632 consecutive game streak. And Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. So the question was, which one is the most likely to get broken? Unanimously, it was Joe's hitting streak of 56 games. But to be honest with you, we probably got more comments that said, well, probably none of them. Because honestly, those historic baseball records are almost all untouchable. But I would have to agree, if one's going to fall, I'm with the people. It would probably be DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. We put baseball trivia out every Tuesday, and this one was, if a player catches a ball and falls over the fence or railing out of play, what's the rule in the field? So we gave a scenario around it. Basically, what you need to know is as long as you catch it in in the field of play and you fall out of play, it's still an out. However, the ground rule for the runners is that if a fielder falls out of play with the ball in hand, then they are allowed to advance one base. So if you didn't know, now you know. Don't fall over the fence because that means the runner on third gets to go home. Teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. We put that out there, and if you want to know those teams, it's the Cardinals, Falcons, Bills, Panthers, Bengals, Browns, Lions, Texans, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, and Titans. We were just sharing the knowledge with everybody, and my God, did everyone lose their mind, and people were trying to quote me the... Chicago Cardinals and their championship reigns. It's Super Bowls, people. That's all we wanted to tell you. All we wanted to let you know is what teams haven't won the Super Bowl. We don't care about the 1937 NFL championship game. It's the Super Bowl. So get over yourselves. And I'm sorry that if you're clinging to something that happened in the 30s with some semblance of success for your team now. I'm a Bengals fan, and I can get over it. We've lost two Super Bowls. We haven't won them. It's the way it is. Maybe the most hotly discussed and debated question of the week came down to a simple question. Would you lay down a bunt to break up a no-hitter? Now, I'm sure there's all kinds of scenarios and different things you could ask, but you know, overall, the, the people spoke and they said, yes, they would absolutely do it. Now, there was a lot of people that were calling up Bush League and things like that but my thing, and especially in 2019 in the age of the shift, like, shouldn't you be bunting anyway to break up anything you possibly can, let alone a no-hitter? And I understand that if it's like seven to nothing, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and you lay down that bunt to break up a no-hitter, you have every right to do that. And you probably should if that's how you can get on base if you're a good bunter. 
That being said, don't be surprised if they throw at you in the next game. I would only advise doing that at the end of the series, and hopefully they'll forget before you come back around. But let's be honest, pitchers never forget. Either way, bunting is part of the game. I know it's not sexy, it's not exciting, not everybody likes it. But of all eras, it should be the most important now because of the way the shift has taken over. And if a no-hitter's on the line, I don't care if it's the sixth inning, seventh inning, ninth inning, whatever it is, I think you throw down the bunt. The majority of people said you throw down the bunt. The ones that don't, you know what, I, I guess you're, you're holding to this archaic, you know, unwritten rule. I just don't get it. You, like Herm Edwards said, I know that's football, but stick with me, people. You play to win the game. Mr. Brown also put out a great one from Bill Belichick. This was a throwback Thursday for us. If you didn't know, Bill Belichick is apparently related or may have been Mama Fratelli from the Goonies. So if you want a fun visual, go look that up. Also, one of the best ones that we put out in a long time, we got tons of traffic on this, was we found some pictures where someone had took several different players from the NBA Finals, both Warriors and Raptors, and they threw it, threw it back to the era of the ABA with afros and mustache and Mark Gasol looking like Kurt Rambis and all kinds of great stuff. So you can check out those on Facebook. There's a video or YouTube where we got, you dropped the bomb on me playing in the background. So anyway, great stuff there. And then last but not least, completely not sports related, we asked the WDKS Nation what is the best burger in the country between Whataburger, Five Guys, and In-N-Out Burger? So apparently we had a big Texas contingency out there because Whataburger, or as I've always heard it from people from Texas, it's like water and burger. Waterburger. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I hear Texans say it all the time. But Waterburger ended up winning, which is blasphemy to me. I've, I've not had Waterburger I've had In-N-Out. I've had Five Guys. Five Guys to me is where it's at. It was a close race, but Whataburger and Texas came in strong and ended up winning the Top Burger Contest. So I guess now I need to have a Whataburger. So maybe I can have it shipped to me. I don't know if they deliver to West Virginia, but we're going to find out. Now time for this week's top story. It can't be anything else than the NBA Finals. Now, I can tell you all year we've gone around and around and around about how the Warriors are this, the Warriors are that. They're coasting through the season. They can turn it on when they want to, you know, to to where maybe the Rockets are going to beat them. And then when they put them to bed and then swept the Trailblazers, it's a foregone conclusion, right? This series is over. Well, what's happened this week? Well, Toronto, they they've taken a commanding 3-1 series lead. And, and we have... Game five, which could be the last game of the NBA season and playoffs, is going to be Monday night in Toronto. And the Warriors are a mess right now. And Toronto, you know, I you go back two weeks ago, I picked the Warriors, but I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors win. And I know what a easy position to take to sit on the fence. But that's honestly how I felt because with Durant's injury, I was wondering if – he was even going to play. And as of Sunday, now he's practicing, so maybe he can come back. On top of that, you watched Toronto. I mean, everybody thought Giannis and the Bucks were the next coming. And here's the Raptors 
shutting them down defensively. And yes, Giannis, you can look at the stat line and he had some points and he would get 25 or and, and 12 and 8 or whatever. But if there were ever a 25 meaningless point game, it would be those those Bucks raptors playoff games where Giannis only got 25 and it didn't even feel like you remembered the points. It didn't, it didn't really play into the outcome of the game that much. Where you look at Toronto, they, they play a team defense. They're long. They have length. They got guys that are gritty, and, and they're kind of a throwback. They're, they're a defensive-oriented team. I mean, my God, they broke out the box one defense in this series. Like, that's you, you can't do that in the NBA. Well, you say you can't do it, but they did it. And, and you know what? Maybe the Warriors will adjust to that, but they didn't look like they adjusted it too much in game four. So the, the thing is, Curry is trying to carry the team on his back right now because Klay Thompson missed a game. He come back, played really well, so hopefully he's healthy. I know you got Boogie Cousins is playing, and he's trying to fill the void because you got Looney out there with – a, a torso injury on a broken clavicle, collarbone, whatever it is, or broken rib. He wasn't even supposed to play. He's listed out for game five, but he played game four. So who knows what's going to happen there. So, I mean, the Warriors are just all banged up and, and Curry's even had these like flu like symptoms without being the flu or whatever. I don't know. And I know the Warriors haters out there are going to say they're making excuses and things like that. The fact of the matter is they're just getting beat. They are getting whipped. They are not scoring the points they normally score. Toronto is holding them to a lower output, and they are begging and hoping that Kevin Durant's going to walk through that door. And I don't think it's going to matter at this point because even if he comes back, he hasn't played for eight months or however long it feels like. Like for somebody that's day-to-day, he sure missed a hell of a lot of time. And for him to come back and immediately jump back into the – this isn't a regular season game. He's not going to jump right back in and have time to acclimate. They are facing elimination on the road in Toronto. And just because he practiced Sunday doesn't even mean he's going to play on Monday. But even if he does, is that going to be enough? I know some people think Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. But it takes more than that. And right now – the Warriors are not where they need to be. And there's even a question like, could the Raptors win a game or two in the NBA Finals if the Warriors were at full strength? And honestly, after watching this, I think they could. So now the Warriors have have to, they got to do something that only one other team has ever done. And it's something they should be very familiar with because now they're on the opposite side of being down 3-1. The only team in NBA history that came back from a 3-1 deficit were the Cleveland Cavaliers that did it against Golden State. So can they can you can you see the irony in this now? If that now if there's a team that could do it, it could be the Warriors. You know, it would be fitting for us once again to write them off and say the dynasty is over, the dynasty is dead, and then all of a sudden for them to resurrect and, and ride. I just don't think it's happening. I think there's too much momentum for Toronto. They have dominated this series. It could have easily been a sweep if not for the Warriors really just shooting the lights out in in the second half in that third quarter of game two, and they stole one in Toronto. And then, you know, you've had Toronto still in Oakland now, so the only way that Golden State wins is they have to win in Toronto. They cannot lose in Toronto. They can't lose anywhere but obviously they have to go on the road and we've seen Jurassic Park. We've seen what Drake is and all that stuff that's going on up in, up in the North, 
But I'm telling you, if there was an NBA game I would ever want to go to, I, I would love to go to a Toronto game, especially in the finals. They look like fun. And I think they, they got the champs on the rope, and this is it. I think this is it. I think it ends in game five. I, I think we're done, and I think by the time we come around next week to talk on the show and Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie come back, we'll be talking about the end of an era. It'll be the dynasty is over. Uh, you know. But speaking of eras that end, DeMar DeRozan comes out, and is basically claiming, or I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but he's jockeying himself to say that he's the reason that that the Raptors are winning. He was the sacrificial lamb, like he he had to be basically killed off in order for them to have enough strength to win. Which you know, let's let. I, I'm sure you're happy for the, your teammates that you had in Toronto, but you're on the Spurs now, and you need to accept that. And let's be honest. If you were still there, Kawhi wouldn't be there. And you guys didn't look like this when you were playing up there. And, and I think I saw somebody, whether it was Barkley or Reggie Miller, said, you know, for DeRozan, you know, he's the, that's the difference in being an all-star versus being a superstar. DeMar DeRozan can be an all-star. Kawhi Leonard can be a superstar. And we are seeing that right now. And he is absolutely Without even trying, he's become the most electric thing in the NBA because everybody is so intrigued by this guy, which, you know, even though he's already been in the spotlight before and was winning on the Spurs, you know, the Spurs, that's just kind of how they are. It's Popovich. It's still, like, people still didn't get Kawhi, and I still don't get bored, man. I still don't understand Kawhi Leonard. And and who's to say that even if they win on Monday and they're NBA champs and he gets another ring, that he's even going to stay in Toronto? You know, but rumor is – that you know he's bought some like commercial property up there and he's doing some businesses so I've been I've been told through the annals of social media and whatnot twitter but anyway if if he is you know you got to hope that that's what's going on or maybe he just likes Toronto enough where he wants to stay up there every now and then you know it'd be a nice uh you know vacation home or so I don't know but I, I I still find it hard to believe that if you win a title somewhere that you would immediately just like all right, I'm out. I'm I'm going to play somewhere else. And and you've already seen the the Brooklyn Nets are making all these different moves to try to position themselves to land free agents because while we're we're talking about Kawhi and what can happen with him in Toronto, you flip the script, you look at the Warriors, that's the end of the era, right? Because this is it for them. They they're never going to be the same. They have 10 impending potential free agents, depending on how you look at the rules and whatnot. They have 10 guys they have to make decisions on. And that's including, you know, Boogie Cousins, which, you know, I think that's an afterthought because he didn't really fit really, uh, you know, with those guys and he was hurt. You know, so you really didn't get a good picture there. But, you know, outside of him, it's Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. You know, and who's to say that they get to resign both of those? And and if you if you don't get at least one of them back, you're you're screwed. There's no way you're going to be even close to that because I mean if you look at Curry and Thompson even before Durant got there, and people still say it today, best shooting backcourt of all time, most lethal shooting duo you have ever seen, and, and you're going to break that up. And, and Clay Thompson might have a chip on his shoulder where he wants to go prove himself. He wants to go get that max deal somewhere and see what he can do, and. and Maybe that's it. Maybe he's gone. I hope he's not. It's kind of, but here's the interesting thing. I believe like with the Raptors and Kawhi and even Duran or Thompson with the Warriors, like 
as your team, you have the ability to offer more money because you currently have their contract. That's where that Supermax comes into play. And I could see Clay Thompson and even Durant, you know, staying in Golden State, but we're, that's not going to happen. Durant's going somewhere else. He, he's done. Even even if he doesn't play in the finals, and they, there's no way Durant stays in Golden State. I think he he wants to go somewhere else where he is solely the guy, and he's not like oh he's the guy that helped the Warriors get even better. Now Kawhi, on the other hand, I think you can offer that super max deal. He don't even he don't even care. Is he the guy that's driven by money? I don't think he is. I think he wants to get paid. He wants to get his. But, like, I don't think $20 million or $30 million would make him stay in one city versus the other. It's going to be down to what he thinks best for him and his family. But regardless of all that, Kawhi Leonard has now forced himself up into the conversation of being one of the best players in the league, if not the best. He's getting the Jordan comparisons because he is the best two-way player in the game. I, I think hands down he is. I, I think Clay Thompson is a great two-way player, but Kawhi is different. He's brought back the the fine art of the mid-range jumper that, that I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen that in like 15 years. I mean, we see people shoot it, but this is a guy that's getting inside that free throw line, pulling up for those little jumpers and then playing just unrelenting defense. But if you go back a couple years ago, whenever he was the LeBron stopper and he was putting the clamps on him when the Spurs played the Heat in the finals and and different things like that, you know, he was already kind of being elevated. Now the Spurs were a team that was just a cast. They had all these different guys, all these veterans, that he kind of faded off a little bit and, and people didn't talk about him as much. But that conversation was already there where, Man, he, he's a great defender, maybe the best defender in the league. You know, he's a good scorer. Maybe he would do even better if he wasn't on a team that had so much talent. And then the Spurs, honestly, just have kind of exploded since then. They're, they're nowhere close to looking like what they were. And regardless of what his motives were for wanting to get out of San Antonio, he clearly went to Toronto. And if he's not on the Raptors, I don't even think they're a playoff team with who they have. But with him on there, they're they're a different level. They feed off of each other. He brings that mentality. And, you know, the the Raptors, his teammates, they have got to be so sick of answering Kawhi Leonard questions because the guy says so few words, but says it very, very to the point, very bluntly. He'll say what he wants to say. Like, oh, how do you feel about, you know, winning this game and now you you took the series lead three to one? He's like, We haven't done anything yet. And that's just how he wants to answer. And, and, you know, so they're going to all the other players. And what can you tell me about Kawhi? Because everybody's dying to get inside the head of this guy. And even though he's the only grown man with cornrows in the NBA that I, I'm aware of right now, he's probably one of the most infatuating guys to watch because he, he's emotionless. He's stoic. He is a, a incredible athlete, a hard, hard worker, relentless motor. He's the kind of guy – that you would want on your team and the kind of guy you you would hate to play against, except for he's never going to get teed up. He's never going to lose his cool. He's just going to keep doing what he's doing. So, you know, for everyone just now getting exposed to Kawhi Leonard, let's appreciate it because I don't know if if he's going to stay in Toronto. And if he is, is he still going to be must-see TV? Are they going to be defending champs? Can the NBA get behind Toronto, the Canadian team, being the the apex of the league? Because if you want to be an international basketball association, then you really should get behind that. And you've seen how the fans in Toronto have rallied around this team. 
And if anything at all, all I want is for that to stay together because that seems great for basketball. It seems great for that entire country. It seems great for the NBA if Toronto's good. I know people want to see the Clippers and we want to see the Knicks and even the Nets, those big markets get back to where they were. But parity is a good thing. And if you look around the NBA, you know, yeah, the Warriors are kind of a bigger market. They have the Bay Area and all that. But Milwaukee, Toronto, I know, is a huge city, but it's Canada, so we look at it differently. And um, the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, those were our, our teams in the conference finals, not the biggest markets in the world. I, I think that NBA parity is, is, is a strange thing. I don't know if it's always true is what we really think is happening because at the end of the day, we always thought it was going to come down to Golden State and just somebody else. It's just that where we're at right now, that somebody else – might be the team to take him out, and I hope it is. I hope it is so bad. I don't hate on the Warriors like all these other people, but I want Kawhi to stay in Toronto, and if they don't win, there's no chance that that happens whatsoever. But we're 3-1, Game 5 Monday in Toronto. Jurassic Park's going to be fired up. That is probably going to be the most insane NBA atmosphere you may ever see. So even if you're just a casual fan of the NBA, or even if you hate the NBA, give it a chance. Watch this game. I think it should be great. And hey, go Raptors. Let's let's see a changing of the guard. And this this could be it. Kawhi, man, don't go to the Clippers. Stay where you at, brother. You'll be all right. So we the North, let's see how you do. Warriors, we're going to be watching to see if this is the end of the era. And then the NBA offseason, which is probably the most fantastic, exciting offseason in all the pro sports will take place. We get to see how that unfolds going through the summer months. And we got the NBA draft coming up and all that good stuff. But as for now, the NBA finals are on the ropes. And by the time we do the show next week, we should have our new NBA champion. <laughs> Well, guys, thanks for sticking with me if you suffered through 30 minutes of Chad the Mark shooting his mouth off about nonsense. But I want to close with this. We are going to celebrate the winner of the Box of Great Significance this week. So make sure you're paying attention to social media. We will be announcing that probably on Monday or Tuesday and reaching out to that winner. And hopefully we'll be able to get them on the show next week if all things are possible and we get it sent out in time and they get to get the the awesomeness that is the box of great significance. But anyway, this is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.